0: Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. Welcome to another episode of Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. This is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology and makes it a reality. We are The Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn. With me, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett.
1: Dan, great to be here. I'm so excited about this episode. Well, I'm excited about all of them, as you can tell. If you're listening to the show, it might feel like it's
0: repeating itself. The way I start, you started exactly the same way every time. It's amazing. You are right on point with everything. I love it. Um, and speaking of being on point, I'm going to do what I always do, which is introduce our enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, where are you broadcasting from this week?
2: You know, I'm at this great party at the at the Pennsylvania Hotel. And there's this local hero who seems to just b- have perfect timing. And I hear he's the top pick at the bac- Bachelor auction tonight. Oh, is that right? <laughs> is that You must be talking yeah.
0: about Bill Connors of the movie Groundhog Day. And I got to tell you, Denon, I loved your suggestion for this episode because, as we all know, I, I know I can speak for myself. Is I feel like I'm living the same day over and over and over again. So while I love this movie, growing up, I've never really felt um, such a kin- I've never felt Phil with such a kindred spirit as he is with me right now. Um, so wh- what did you? How did you kind of come up with this? Well, I think there was that feature to it, Dan, that we all feel like
1: we're living things over and over. But it also struck me how many uh, movies, television series, more television series, I guess, um, really have this episode that occurs somewhere in the TV show where they. Some character repeats the day over and over, and it's such a consistent theme. I was fascinated by, is it technology? Is it Is it other explanations? How do we get there? Uh,
0: and it's sort of it really stuck with me as a powerful theme in media. Well, I think time loops are really interesting. I mean, I love time travel, but just this idea, you know, going backwards and forwards in time in some ways almost feels like that's possible or at least more possible than living through the same period over and over and over again, you know, like your records, you know, it's kind of skipping. And so there's a lot of great shows. We're going to talk about a couple of great examples in pop culture here. But I want to hit Groundhog Day first because I feel like in some ways, This is this story is very similar to Prometheus's punishment, you know, after he stole fire from Zeus, um, he was bound to a rock and had his liver eaten by an eagle every day. And then at night, it would grow back and the cycle would continue. And I feel like that's how Phil Connors feels in Groundhog Day. Uh, Ben, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. You know, I thought you were going to talk about Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill all the time and having it always roll down. But either way, it's a it's a rough it's a rough time. (laughs) Uh, For sure. You know, it's interesting, the idea of having to live the same life every day. And how can you tweak and experiment with the differences? And what would you do differently? I feel like in some ways, we all kind of wish we had that where you know, you think, man, it would be great if I could redo this day. I, You know, I could have done a lot of things differently. But then when faced with the prospect of being forced to do it, it sounds pretty terrible. Well, especially forced to do it ad nauseum
0: or until, yeah. or until suicidal, as we'll find out with Groundhog Day. Uh, that's extreme, I think, Den, and I think you'd agree that's extreme. Definitely extreme. I, you know,
1: I think the thing that fascinates me about all of these is the philosophical idea of living in the moment, right? We as humans really dwell on the past and worry about the future. Um, And so many of the great philosophies um, throughout humankind have tried to get us to focus on living in in the eternal now, the moment, because in fact, all you ever really have is the moment you're living now, sort of by definition in some ways. And I think that's one of the things that comes up in these movies where the day repeats itself that we'll see.
0: I think that's true. And before we jump into Groundhog Day, you know, I don't miss any opportunity for a shameless plug. I did a whole episode on Puxatani Phil and the Inner Circle for Groundhog Day in my TV on my uh, podcast, Fascinating Nouns. Uh, just a great episode. I love Groundhog Day, the the festival. I love that it's my favorite holiday of the year, um, believe it or not. And this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm very excited to, to talk about this. But I think you know when we're talking about time loops, we got we got to think about how does. How do these characters enter into the time loop for the first time and what is causing the loop itself? And I think there's a lot of, there's a subject of controversy as to when Phil Connors in Groundhog Day actually enters into that time loop. And my my argument is that he does it on the first night. So he experiences the day once and then he enters the time loop after that particular point for
2: some unknown reason. Um, ben, what do you think about that? You know, Dan, I th- that's, that's an interesting point. I think, He kind of enters, you know, the loop obviously resets every day with the the great Sonny and Cher song we hear uh, at the morning, in the every morning. But I think perhaps, you know, this feels like kind of a karmic loop, right? He's being forced to relive this day where he was a jerk. And so at what point was he enough of a jerk that the karmic gods were like, man, Phil, Connors, you gotta try again? And I, you know, I think it maybe is the breakdown on the highway when he finally just snaps and gets really angry that the gods are just like nah nah, man, you're, you're not you're not going forward anymore.
0: I, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, I got to tell you, I think that he has to live the day first because I don't think it's a loop until you've gone through it once, right? Like if you go through a loop-to-loop, yeah. loop, you got to go through it once, and if you do it again, it's a loop. I don't know if that constitutes the correct physical definition of that, then am I right on that? Oh, I definitely think that the loop begins... I'm going with Ben's
1: original feeling here. The loop begins the first time the clock hits six, and he wakes up to the song because... The loop starts with the beginning of the loop, right? And we see in later episodes, he makes it to arbitrary times at night awake. But what starts everything is the 6 o'clock point. So it's a loop from 6 o'clock always back to 6 o'clock. There may be a little bit of time sleeping (laughs) as part of that loop, but I'm I'm going with a hard start at 6
0: a.m. Okay. Well, I think that we can agree that there are a couple of very interesting characteristics for this particular loop, as each one of these loops actually had, the although we're going to talk about, have very interesting kind of traits, kind of physical traits. And for this one, it seems to kind of warp space and time, obviously, but he can't escape. It's physically impossible for him to leave Puxatawney, PA. There's a blizzard that he failed to predict is trapping him in town. He can't really go anywhere, and communication is completely shut down. And every Every morning, reality resets around him, but his memory remains. He can't even die. I mean, he is in full video game mode here. And I think like all people doing like an open world video game, he kind of takes the thing for a spin and realizes he can't really, at least at first, affect the world in any meaningful way. And I think those are important distinctions when describing this particular world. I think you're
1: right. Um, Dan, and one of the things this does for me, for each of these, I I feel like there is slightly different physics going on, and this one has the feel initially of the classic closed time loop in relativity that I've always wondered about, the idea that you, as a single particle, can follow a path in space-time that brings you back to an earlier point in space and time. What's always worried about me about these closed loops is, shouldn't everybody else have moved on? So it's a fascinating idea that he goes back to the beginning of time and all the original people are still there. I struggle with this um, from uh, – this is one area of physics that always manages to confuse me every time I start thinking about it too hard. But I like your comment that it's both spatial and temporal for him because he clearly is trapped in both at the moment.
0: Wow, a concept that confuses you, Den, and this is this is uncharted territory for sure. It is. I mean, this is crazy. And I got to tell you, one of the things I want to mention, you mentioned this before, but I want to hit a point on this in the weird kind of properties of this, of this time loop, is it doesn't necessarily reset on February 3rd. We see that he actually spends a significant amount of early morning time in February 3rd with Rita. It doesn't restart until 6 a.m. on February 3rd to go back to February 2nd. So
2: we do have a very distinct loop there. Do we do we even know that? Like he talks about six AM, but I, I really wish we would have seen a day where the day where he tried to stay up to see what happened.
0: Well he does. He's with Rita, they're throwing the cards and she says, at midnight he says, I thought you were gonna disappear and he says, Well, no, I don't disappear at midnight, I disappear at six AM. At midnight, that's February third, right?
2: Right, but we don't see them stay up till 6 a.m. I would have liked to see what actually ha- would happen.
0: Oh, like the restart at 6 a.m.? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if I had to guess, I would say that he would become uncontrollably sleepy and fall asleep. There seems to be some other force Probably, besides yeah. the you know the time loop here. Um, now, wh- one of the things I want to mention here, I-, I think this is, you know, we talked about the block theory of the universe, uh, the block theory of time in a previous episode, but I found another kind of, that would kind of say that this is impossible because that theory says that past, present, and future all exist at the exact same same time. But there's another interesting theory called the growing block theory. And that is that past and present exist at the same time, but the future can be rewritten. Groundhog Day is a perfect example of that. But I got to tell you, as a, as a, if I'm looking at it from a physics standpoint, that seems almost more like human beings wishing for something to be true than it actually being true with, with science and math. What do you think, Denon?
1: Well, what, what? What what I think can be happening here, and this is where it gets tricky and a bit confusing, is imagine um, space and time is like a sheet um, being stretched and spreading out. Okay, mm-hmm. and time is one axis on the sheet, and space is the other axis. And suddenly, on Groundhog Day, instead of going forward, uh, the little piece around Phil sort of tears a bit from the rest of reality, closes back on itself, and literally makes a loop. Hmm. like you would on a you know miniature golf course loop to loop that you try and go through or sure. a roller coaster <laughs> loop loop right? right and and so the rest of the world is going forward phil's been torn out and is in this little loop and keeps coming back through the same day and this is where i get a little confused are all the other people around him also stuck in the same thing and just don't have a memory for some reason how is that working or are these like Sort of illusionary copies of them. And then when the loop unpeels finally, does he just catch up to the rest of reality? Does it like unroll quickly and dump the new Phil back up in February 3rd with everyone else? So but the visual of, of like literally space and time tearing and forming a loop is somehow what you have going on here,
0: I think, in Phil's world. Well, the memories, that's a really important point here because how does he retain the memories of every single life but no one else does around him? It's almost like he's in a computer program and he is the only thing that is really being rewritten and basically overwriting himself without deleting the previous part of himself to extend that computer metaphor to a ridiculous level. Uh, Ben, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, well… It's it's clear that he somehow continues to be shunted back to a world. Well, he continues to be shunted to a world every morning. That's the same. So one possibility is this: um, you know, there's a time loop, and somehow you know some four dimensional time process keeps shoving him back and maintain his memory because he's in a bubble somehow. I mean, why the rest of the world? also being reset isn't in the same bubble it's also possible maybe there's a multiverse where he just keeps being shunted to different you know multiverse uh different uh universes that are just exactly the same but behind by a day and you know he's just replacing that phil connors each time
1: (laughs) well dan you had mentioned computers and and i think this is where because i kept getting confused by the space time loop even though i can describe it um I went in a different direction for this particular time loop. And a a colleague of mine at UCI, um, Don Hoffman, talks about conscious agents and how reality itself is really the icons that we're using to interrogate and uh, interact with each other. And I think if you take his view of a world where there's conscious agents, interacting through the equivalent of something like a computer interface, which you mentioned, Um, you can start to understand these individual agents may actually move independently in their own kind of space-time video game, the the other analogy used at the beginning. And somehow Phil's character is resetting his own personal video game and interacting with the earlier icons of the other conscious agents until he decides to catch
0: up to all of them on the next day. Or something triggers and forces that. To Either, yes, on. or
1: an external thing triggers and forces it. Exactly. Well,
0: what's it- interesting about that is, you know, I did a whole episode on are we in a, in a foot in a holographic universe? And that could be another thing that's kind of similar is what if we are being projected or in some big computer program and he's just playing that day over and over again and it looks real. And like you said, you know, the, the physical agents, the physical items, the icons around him are being interpreted through, you know, a totally different spectrum, you know.
2: Another possibility, this is uh, bringing some uh, Star Trek Voyager into the, this uh, conversation, but there's an episode where uh, Tom Paris was punished in prison by making him think he was in prison, like they implanted the memories in him, but he would never actually spent any time. It was only a few hours that he was actually away. And so I'm thinking, you know, you could also have a, a situation where somebody has taken Phil Connors, realized he's a jerk and is punishing him through a simulated universe, and until them viewing him becoming a good person, they don't release him back into the real world um, to live the good time. Uh
1: Uh-oh, Ben, you just really scared me because I think that could actually, you know, you combine a little VR and implanted memory um, technology this could all be a technological moment in experience for him. Yeah. Where they just realize, okay, this guy needs a little bit of a treatment here.
0: I think that's interesting. There's also, I was reading this article a while ago about a pharmaceutical that you can take, and it makes you feel like you've lived 800 years by stretching time and just basically changing your perspective of time. Uh, I I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could think about that. Um, But we got to ask this question here. How long is he trapped in the loop? I think when most people watch this, they're very curious as how long is Phil Connor? trapped in Puxitani. Now, from if I'm understanding this correctly, the original script said 10,000 years, which is kind of Buddha-based. I mean, that's typically how long it takes to achieve the next level as you move towards Nirvana. Um, but Harold Ramis said that it was 10 years in one of his first interviews, and he's adjusted that slightly. Um, there's this great website. I'm going to put it up. It's a, a website called Wolfnards. Uh, I love that. <laughs> love that name for a website. And they figured it out and it, they mentioned an interesting thing interesting thing in there that no one learns at the same rate so He's got to learn French. He's got to, um, you know, he's got to learn the piano. He's got to kind of learn how to adjust people's back. I don't know if he quite becomes a doctor. He's got to navigate these conversations. So in his, in Wolfnard's um, calculation, it was eight years, eight months, 16 days. But I feel like with our enigmatic engineer, we can do a little bit better than that. So Ben, what did you, I know you crunched some numbers here. Uh, what are you working with?
2: Yeah, so you can divide the movie into kind of two distinct time periods. There's the period before and after uh, Phil Connors' I am a God moment when he confesses to Rita what he's been doing. And up to that I am a God moment, it's pretty you can kind of figure it out pretty precisely. It's two years, 352 days, and 13 and a quarter hours. That comes from him having to learn French for his perfect date day with Rita, uh, hundreds of days to learn everybody in the town, thousands of hours of French study, to, you know, learn French, or at least enough to read a poem. And then in that time, he's tried to kill himself uh, at least eight different times. And so, you know, some of those, you know, it's like 15 minutes after he woke up, and other times it would have been a few hours after he woke up. So you add all those up, and that's where you get that 13 hours from.
0: No, I think that that's really good. And one of the other things here, which are are really interesting, and when when you're looking at this, you don't think these take a lot of time— but I know you and I differ on this, Ben. I think the bank robbery takes a couple weeks. Uh, even navigating that conversation with Rita, uh, just to get through the bar scene with her, um, and you know, when he yeah. picks her same drink, that took about a week. That takes seven days to get that right. So there's, yeah, absolutely. there's lots of little like, you know, ex- expandable accordion type things where it kind of grows almost exponentially when you yeah. start getting to the minutia.
2: Yeah, I assume though that's all part of that five months of flicking the cards because he's only doing the cards five, four to five hours a day. So he's got plenty of other time in the day to, navigate the conversations and learn how to rob the bank. So I think that all kind of fits in there.
0: Well, I will say, though, that that requires a lot of logistics, right? You have to know that I'm going to go meet Rita. The conversation starts at 8 p.m. I That means I can only practice the cards from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. That requires a lot of planning. And I'm not sure that Phil yeah, Connors is that guy. I think he's got a few days to work out the
2: plan, and then he's set.
0: (laughs) That's true. I mean, maybe so. Uh, I mean, I got to tell you, I think that that might be a God moment is really interesting because he says maybe omnipotence is really just God being around so long that he knows everything. Maybe he has navigated all these loops. And I think that that's a really interesting definition of what God is and what omnipotence is. Uh, Denon, what did you think about that? No, I do think that's interesting, and it actually goes back to some of the things we've talked earlier
1: about the more block idea of the universe and that all time exists, and God gets to practice all of it in multiple loops, right? So it's easier for God to have that experience of everything than us who are mainly going forward and have to figure out how to create loops.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it also kind of reminds us of, uh, in Infinity War, Dr. Strange's analysis of all the possible timelines that, you know, he's like looking through millions of timelines and only figure finds the one where they can actually defeat Thanos. <laughs>
0: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, and I think that that's really true because that's kind of getting out of the loop. That's kind of the next trick here is how does he get out of the loop? There's some great yeah. theories online. I'm going to post some of them. I've got one of my own, which I may save till the end. But how does he get, how does Phil Connors get out of this
2: loop? Yeah, So we know. so we know the tasks he seems to have accomplished to get out of the loop, which is he learns to play the piano, and he learns how to ice sculpt. Those are kind of the two big skills he learns. Now, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and no dis- dissing to the uh, ice sculptors, but I think learning the piano is tougher than ice sculpting, oh. and will take you longer. Okay. Um, and he, we know he's only taking a, a lesson a day with this uh, nice neighborhood piano teacher. You know, he's probably only there a few hours a day, so he's got the whole rest of the day to learn the ice sculpting. So I think it's all bound by the piano lesson, Time and that should it should. I, I, I looked at some calculators like how long does it take to you know become a piano virtuoso if you're pa- practicing for an hour a day with a great teacher, and they say five to ten years. So, and I think he has to be a somewhat of a virtuoso to you know play improvisationally with this band at the party th- at on the final day that we see.
0: No, I would agree with you there. I completely disagree. I think ice sculpting is incredibly difficult. I mean, it's what's a different. Well, I mean, what's the difference between that and sculpting in, you know, in clay or whatever? I mean, right? I mean, and it, it it only exists for a certain period of time. It could melt.
2: Absolutely. I just think he has more time to learn ice sculpting than piano lessons because I don't think he's with this teacher for eight hours a day. So I think he's got an hour or two of piano, and then eight hours of ice sculpting every day.
0: I think you might be worth right there. What I love is that every single day, Phil Connors goes in there, offers offers the teacher $1,000, and kicks out that poor, little, that poor little girl every single day <laughs> for years. Yes. She's got to do that. Um, I don't know how that fits yeah. into the karmic element, because I feel like that that is the definition of being selfish and anti-karma, and yet he still gets out of the day.
2: I assume he only does that one or two days, and then realizes his mistake and and comes comes by like forty five minutes later when the girl's done with her lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that so not he's bad. not being a jerk. <laughs> well, and you know, I got to tell you,
0: I think part of the the thing here is you think that it's perfecting the day is how he gets out of it, but in some ways, we don't actually know the trigger, and that's where these theories come in.
2: Right. Absolutely. Well, it seems I think I think the trigger is getting Rita to spend the night with him because that that. On, on, when he wakes up finally on February 3rd, what what is different is that she is still there, that she stayed the night. And so figuring out how to be a karmically good enough person that Rita will stay with him is what breaks the loop. So I, I would go slightly differently, um,
1: Ben. I really, um, the more and more I thought about this, I get the, the, there's an obvious karmic side to it. And it looks like it's him perfecting to be a nice person and live the day Perfectly. I'm going to add the twist. I really think it's him learning how to live in the moment. When he learns Mm. how to live in the now, now moves forward in a way that it wasn't before. Now, part of that is being the good person that he becomes, all the other features. and, And a side effect is that Rita spends and stays the night. But I think it's really his letting go of everything else and all of his worries about past and future. And when he lives in the now, now is able to move forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because he he seems surprised that Rita is there. Like I think there's something to the idea that he just tried to become a, a better person. Because what else was he going to do? And eventually, the karmic supervisor was like, "All right, he's had enough." <laughs> well, and don't forget,
0: she does spend one night with him because she disappears at six a.m. She waits until midnight, right? And she's staying yes. there on her own, on her own accord, right? Like she's decided to stay there. But there's something about him t- pulling his attention away from Rita and focusing on everything else that allows him to get Rita. Yeah. Maybe that breaks it. Uh, you know, I, I, there are some really interesting, some interesting theories here. Um, so w- I know we've covered a lot in this episode, uh, but I'm sure we've missed. some. Some things we've arrived at are errors, additions, and omissions section. Uh, Denon, did you have anything you want to fit in for uh, this particular series of episodes?
1: Well, I will say um, Groundhog Day, I clearly remember as one of those movies that I experienced where it was like, wow, they did a really cool job because the previews didn't really actually reveal what the movie was about. They did a poor job because they showed most of the funny scenes. right? But all of the scenes in the preview are like in the first 30 minutes of the film. And so you're like, oh, okay, I don't remember anything else from the previews. And you get to enjoy the rest of the movie. Um, and, and so often these days I find movies just do a really bad job with previews. Um, I would have liked to see a few less of the jokes, but it really was, I felt, an overall good job with previews. So that's one I love. And I have to throw in, um, perhaps just for the sheer fun of it, the Xena repeating day is one of my favorite repeating days of all time in any mode. But I totally forgot until this Christmas, re-watching the nephews of Donald Duck um, wish for Christmas to never end. And they live through Christmas over and over and over and find it quite painful. And finally, when they discover the true meaning of Christmas, get out. So there's just a lot of these out there. And I just encourage people who are into this to watch every possible version. I could not agree more. Uh,
0: ben, did you have anything you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, so I really liked in Groundhog Day also just the when he first starts looping the just the music cues of this like impending creepiness when he's like what is going on and they really sold that moment you know if if you di- I, I can't i would have loved to see it not having known what the movie was about and having this deja vu feeling that would have been so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm kind of envious of you, Denon, that you got to experience it that way.
0: <laughs> Spoiler free, guys. It's what I always, it's what I proselytize about. Spoiler free. That's how everything should be experienced. And speaking of, uh, I want to mention a great show that cannot be spoiled because you can't find it anywhere. And that's Daybreak, which is a show that came out, uh, you know, a couple, almost a decade ago. Uh, Tay Diggs is the lead. If you can find this anywhere, it's great. It's about a guy who's got to work his way through a day similar to this. He keeps repeating it until he gets it right. Um, Uh, Great execution, I love that. I'm surprised this isn't everywhere. And most importantly, and I think you'll agree with this, Denon, when Phil is trying to perfect the day, he runs into the newlywed couple and gives them what some consider the greatest wedding gift of all time, and that is the gift of WrestleMania. Now, I of course am a walking WrestleMania encyclopedia, and I remember them saying, we will be in Pittsburgh anyway, which would imply that WrestleMania was in Pittsburgh that year. Well, as memory serves, this movie came out in 1993. That was WrestleMania 9. That was in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if they mean the year that the movie was made, 1992, that was WrestleMania 8, and that was in Indianapolis, Indiana. Neither one of these are even close to Pittsburgh. And if the, I believe WrestleMania 3 was in Pittsburgh, and that is years before this movie was made. I don't know what's going on here, but as a wrestling fan, I'm a little annoyed that they didn't do just a couple of quick little searches and, and to get the research right on this. But it did not detract from my love of this movie because is still one of my favorite movies of all time. And finally, the last thing, this did wonders for Groundhog Day and Puxatawney because previous to this movie, 2,000 people would show up to Groundhog Day. After the movie came out in 93, 10,000 people, now about 40,000 people descend upon Puxatawney PA to celebrate Groundhog Day. I love that. Um, I think this is amazing. Even though this particular movie was shot in Woodstock, Illinois and not Puxatawney, I still think people should go and enjoy Groundhog Day firsthand. I missed it. I should tell you, this guy's really Really quickly. I was driving from Boston to Chicago on my way back from school. I went to school in Boston. On the way back, I drove through Pennsylvania and I was 20 miles away from Punxitawney, but it was getting dark, and I, I regret to this day not having made that 20 that 40 mile round trip visit to i Um very upset with myself. But anyway, if you've got things you want to get off your chest about Groundhog Day, please get in touch with the show. We are on Twitter at FGGBT Pod or on Facebook at FGBGBT, but you can get in touch with us individually. Dennon, where can people find you?
1: Well, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just flip the name. It's at Denon Michael. And then you can find me on Facebook. You got to stick in a prof though. It's at Prof Denon Michael.
2: Ben, where can people find you? You can find me on all the major social media networks at Sir. How do you spell that? B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R.
0: And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, and on Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. So if you find yourself in a time loop, your best bet is to listen to this episode on repeat. We have provided a lot of answers that should help you guide you through this maze, but make sure while you're there to make everyone's life a little bit easier. Not only does it seem to help you escape the time loop that you're in, but, you will, but of course you want to be a superhero and not a supervillain. So until next time or the next time or the next time or the next time, Thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear Based Technologies Introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, if you like the show, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? The good news is we're on all the major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you're not already on those platforms, don't worry. We made it very easy for you. Go to our website, F triplegbt.com that's f triplegbt.com where you will find links to everything you're looking for all the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page links to our social media are right there and if you go to the top of the page you'll see a little button that says episodes click on that and go to your favorite episode There you can find the show in its entirety. You can find the links that we talked about, the in real life examples that we brought to you, including videos. And of course, we've got each episode has its own YouTube video. You can watch it there if you prefer. And if you like this show, you're gonna like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.